Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Sarah Todd from the Deseret News. Coming up here momentarily, we'll get her thoughts on the first half of the jazz season, the second half of the jazz season, and I guess the half of the jazz season? We'll ask her about the all-star experience, all-star game. Those chips now? No. Oh, okay. This is my watch, man. Oh, okay. Sounded like you were crunching on chips. No. Little Lay's no, original. I've learned my lesson. I thought that was going to be funny, and it turned out to be a disaster, so I'm not going to replicate it. Now. Oh, caramel, man. Of all things. Caramel. What were you thinking? <laughs> I wanted to see if I could get away with it just for fun. Wolfing down a caramel in the middle of the segment. Man, that thing was chewy, man. It's, just... it's caramel. <laughs> You know, it had it had the uh, it had some kind of inner filling though, which was quite tasty. It wasn't. It, was, wasn't. it was unexpected. I didn't know. Oh. All right. Well, we're going to talk to. In fact, uh, thank goodness Sarah's ready. Let's, let's get see, out to the zone. Somebody, phone. wait, wait. Somebody hand Sarah a bag of chips before she comes no, out here. Uh, Sarah would never do such a thing. She covers the jazz for the Deseret News. She's Sarah Todd with us here on the Big Show. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. I, I think the title is Heavily Tattooed, Sarah Todd. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sarah, Sarah, have you ever uh, fallen victim to eating something when you were on the air during an interview? Or um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I don't think so. I'm oh, not yeah. sure. I, what happens to me a lot is, like, Sometimes I'll be in my car, you know, when I'm doing a phone interview, and then, like, a motorcycle will start right next to me. I'm like, of course, of course, this is when you're choosing to do it. <laughs> let me let me phrase the question a little bit differently here, Sarah, because more uh, appropriately grasp what happened or, or demonstrate what happened earlier in the show. You do a podcast with uh, with our friend Ben Anderson, uh, KSL Sports. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys do a great job. Uh, while Ben was conversing with you and, and speaking for a moment, would you ever throw a caramel into your mouth? And and chew it even then. So when it came your turn to talk, you sounded like, "Well, let's see the jazz are going to be. Here. They're going to be playing well." Have you ever done something like that? No, I no. mean I okay. would never because I'm experienced with talking on the air. But you guys would never do that either, right? Well, well I see, certainly would not. No, well, I've never done it before, and I'm new to this whole thing. So and you know, Austin you will play the role of the uh, receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> Are you and, eating? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so that's what happened earlier today. It was a mistake, Sarah. Just so you know. I made a mistake. All right. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, man. So much to get to with you, Sarah. Uh, where to start? Let, let's start with you being world famous. ESPN world famous over the weekend in the, in the documentary about Rudy Gobert. Of course, today is the year anniversary from the mic touching incident. But uh, how, how did you feel watching yourself in documentary form over the weekend? Uh, 
I actually did not watch myself in documentary you form. Didn't? Uh, oh, I no, would have watched I, myself. I, I absolutely would have. I love to read my own writing. I love to hear my own voice. So I'll listen to myself on podcasts. I do not like to watch myself talk. So I stayed away from that one. That's funny. <laughs> oh, it turned out really well. Uh, you should check it out. I think. I don't know. I was, Jake, I was there when they when they interviewed me, so I remember how that went. So that went well, so I figured it was. <laughs> I'd love that answer. I was there, Gordon. I, I yeah, remember I, I remember how it went. Right. You don't need to go back and revisit it. <laughs> well, let's do. Hold on. Hold the phone. Let's go back and revisit a little bit to a year ago today, Sarah, and talk about, you know, Gordon and I were, were joking a little bit earlier in the show for that period of time, the Jazz, Utah, Salt Lake City, you guys covering the team, we were the center of the universe. The coronavirus was the biggest story to hit the planet in in years in a weird way we were we were right in the middle of it you specifically and take us back to kind of that week and that period of time and what it was like in your life well of course uh, a year ago today is the mic touching incident but that didn't really uh matter to people until march 11th when we found out that rudy gobert tested positive for COVID 19 and uh it's a that was such a, a weird day, and it's really surreal. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, because people have been asking me the question of, you know, do you realize how big and how significant that day was and that you were a part of this moment? And it makes me think of all the times that I've asked that to athletes or coaches. And, like, do you are you able to sort of, you know, appreciate these moments and how big they are? And I can relate now to the answers that they give when they're like, you know, not really. <laughs> it hasn't really sunk in and we're a year out and it still really hasn't totally sunk in that people, I mean, throughout history from now on are going to look back to that day and that moment in Oklahoma city is going to be so significant. And it's weird to be a part of that moment. I mean, as a journalist, I never want to be part of a story (laughs) and I certainly didn't want to be a part of that one, but it, it, that was a really crazy night being at the arena watching the whole thing unfold. I mean, we're seconds away from the game tipping off. I don't know if people realize, like, how close we were to that ball going in the air. And then, you know, the the players leave the court. The halftime singer comes out because they're just looking for ways to stall. And then when everything gets canceled, it's like all the reporter juices start flowing and you want to get the story. And then at the same time, you're thinking, am I safe? And should I be worried? And it was a billion emotions in one night. I'm sure. Sarah, like Jake was talking about the significance of all that, especially as it moved forward. But in that moment, you said the thought was going through your mind, okay, I've got to craft a story here, but I have to keep my health in mind as well. But it was so intense, the the, the minutes, the hours right after that, you know, in the locker room and with the team and with Quinn Snyder leading the way and just trying to find a hotel that the team could stay at now that they were, quote, unquote, infected, you know, and getting back to Salt Lake and everything went with that and all the uncertainty and the mystery. I can only imagine what that felt like for you sitting there going, okay, what do I make of this and how do I present it? Yeah, and it's so chaotic, and there's so many things going on because, I mean, it's not just the story and then worrying about getting tested. You know, we, me and Tony Jones and Andy Larson, we ended up being on the Jazz's charter flight the next day back to Utah because since we were in contact with a confirmed case, we weren't allowed to fly commercially. And so we were like, how are we even getting home? We can't, we can't get home. 
and and so we were a part of that whole thing. And you know, their flight time was supposed to be that night. They were supposed to fly out after the game, but they couldn't. They missed that flight time. We were at the arena for hours, so they had to find a another flight time the next day and a pilot and crew that were willing to fly a group a group of people who had tested negative but could possibly still have COVID. And so it was, and at the same time, my mother was supposed to fly in from California the following day that we we came back to Salt Lake on a Thursday, Friday, my mother was supposed to come in. She, she had heart surgery last year. And so, you know, I'm in the arena, I'm sitting next to Tony Jones. I'm crying. He's telling me everything's going to be okay. I'm on the phone with my mom saying, I don't want to kill you. You have to cancel this trip. And so there was so much chaos in those few hours and, all of it stemming from a basketball game. We do have basketball stuff we want to talk to you about, of course. Uh, but but first, I, I want to ask you about Rudy's legacy. I mean, you know, Rudy's a two-time All-Star now, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. There's no doubt, you know, he's a star in this league. But do you think that night and him being the first, and and by the way, I mean, it it would seem to me in hindsight that, that it was quite prevalent at the time, and he just happened to be, you know, kind of that first, catch the spotlight type of person who tested positive but do you think that will be part of his legacy forever Uh, undoubtedly it's going to be a part of his legacy i'm really hopeful that uh, a part that'll be with that is that um, because he was the first one to test positive because the league shut down that day and then the ncaa and nhl the next day you know, it was the first domino to fall, and because Rudy was the first one that possibly so many more lives were saved and so many super spreader events were canceled because of that moment, that hopefully that'll be a part of the legacy. But I think that I'm I'm probably a little bit more hopeful than than realistic in that sense. Because a lot of what people are going to remember and what we're going to go back to, what will always be remembered is that incident touching the microphones and him being the first and, you know, the the reported tension between him and Donovan on that night. That's all going to be a part of it. And it's unfortunate that that, that will be such a huge part of his legacy, but I, I hope that, that he feels proud of how he reacted to it and that people will remember how important it was that we actually had an athlete test positive. And Sarah, there you were, like you said, a front seat to history, man. That's 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 uh, not uh, something you want to grin about, or or, but it was something that happened to you, and so that's that is significant in its own right. Let me ask you a basketball question, though. Here you are. You've watched the Jazz every game. You've seen them rise to the best record in the NBA. The last four games before the All Star break, they lose three of them. Do you think that means anything? Is there leakage here, or do you expect them to pick right up and move out and keep on going the way they have? As it stands right now, I don't think that we we have any reason to be worried about the Jazz and their positioning in the league. I mean, no team is going to go, you know, 72 or 82 and 0. You know, they're not going to win them all. There are going to be every team that has ever won a championship in the history of the league has had bad losses. They've had tough losses. They've had close losses. And so there's no reason to doubt uh, their talent or their skill level or, or even to look back on what they've been able to do so far in the first half of the season and uh, think that it was a fluke. Um, I think that the second half of the season is obviously going to be more telling than the first half. That's when they want to be playing their best basketball as the season progresses. Uh, I think 
you know, this team is incredibly talented, and I they've been doing a lot of things at such a high level, and I, I think that, you know, as as fans of the game or as critics of the game, we have a tendency to try to pick at the flaws, and uh, sometimes we miss, you know, embracing and enjoying the moment right in front of us, and the fact of the matter is they are the winningest team in the league this season, and they've been playing historic, amazing basketball, and it's been an absolute joy to watch, and until they give me a reason to really doubt them, I'm not. What, what was the most interesting storyline to you of the first half of the season? Outside, of course, the, the best record in the league, and I don't think a, a lot of people saw that coming, but what kind of has, what, what have you followed in the first half of the season that has been interesting to you? Quite a few things. I think that, uh, you know, the emergence of the Jazz bench and the cohesiveness of that group and being able to have Derek Favors as a backup option rather than Tony Bradley or Ed Davis is such an upgrade there. And, you know, that gives someone for Joe Ingles to be comfortable with. And so now in his position on the bench, you know, he is even more comfortable. And so there's a cohesiveness and chemistry with that bench unit and, you know, Jordan Clarkson obviously is capable of exploding off the charts any night of the week. Probably the biggest thing to that first half has been Mike Conley and how he's just settled into his role and is, quite frankly, playing the best basketball of his career. And I, I really hope that that lasts through the season, not just, you know, for the Jazz, but for him and um, really enjoying himself, uh, you know, sort of in the late stage of his of his career. It's just amazing. I mean, we see what he does offensively and how he's able to calm and control the pace of the team and how much of a creator he is and how well he plays on and off the ball. But he's also been so sneaky and so precise defensively. He's been one of the best storylines of the Jazz this season. So, Sarah, let me ask you a question that we've been talking to some of our NBA experts about this week. Boyan Bogdanovich being picked on at the defensive, at the Jazz's defensive end, is this a problem, or do you think that's something that Quinn will be able to solve? It's a solvable thing. Um, it just depends on how they're going to solve it, whether it's uh, taking him out if he's completely targeted and going with someone else like Derek Favors and moving him into the lineup with Rudy Gobert more often, or if they you know, are just more deliberate in making sure that switch doesn't happen or rotation so that you know that person that has the ball ends up going against maybe Joe Ingles or somebody else. You know, you can you can avoid that and make it so that he's not as targeted. But, you know, it's very rare that you're going to find an NBA team that has five guys on the court and all of them are defensive specialists. And so there's always sort of a weak point. Teams are going to try and find that. But, you know, you can you can fight that with rotations and different matchup selections. I don't I don't know that it's something that is terribly necessary to worry about. I mean, we definitely saw it in that last game before the All-Star break against the Sixers when Tobias Harris just was picking on Boyan on almost every possession, and it worked really well for them in that overtime period. But I think that, you know, if push came to shove in the playoffs, I don't think that Quinn Snyder would be someone to just sit back and sort of let that matchup continue. They're, you know, he's a really smart and uh, – uh, intellectual guy when it comes to basketball schemes, and I, I think that he'll he'll have something to counter with. 
Give us your thoughts on the big story of the day, uh, Sarah, about uh, the addition of Versan Ilyasova. What do you think this does for the squad? Yeah, I actually covered Ursan when he was with the Sixers. Uh, it was kind of a similar situation. They picked him up um, uh, sort of mid-season, and uh, he's he's really kind of the kind of player that I think Utah Jazz fans are. He's kind of a prototype for them to enjoy the way that he plays. Uh, he is famous around the league for being able to take charges and get that call, and so that's always a fun thing to watch for a guy that – you know, he's notorious for doing it, and still guys will try to bowl him over. I don't know how, how they haven't read the scouting report after this many years on that. But he's also kind of just a gritty player. He does really little things and makes winning plays, and he's not bad shooting the ball. I don't know that he's going to break too much into the Jazz lineup. I think he's a little bit of an insurance um, for sort of that larger perimeter player. But uh, it's, I mean... We'll see, and that this season is also so unpredictable, and the Jazz have been really lucky with their health and with staying away from you know the COVID problems that a lot of other teams have had problems with through the season, but that doesn't mean that they're not at risk, and those things can always crop up through the season, and so having a guy like that is, is a really good insurance policy. What kind of locker room guy is he? He's a, you know, he's a little bit of a, a quiet person, but he's – He's, um, I think, a lot like Rudy Gobert. I mean, some of these European players um, are sort of in the same vein with their personality, where they're a little bit tongue-in-cheek, uh, quietly, very funny. Um, um, I think that Boyan has it a little bit, too, where sometimes you don't expect him to crack a joke, and he does. Or, um, and But he's also got an edge to him. And I think I think that plays well in a locker room. If, if you're able to make guys laugh, and if you're not a pushover, I think that that's something that is respected. Sarah, last thing from me, and this is uh, an inside joke that uh, anybody who follows you on Twitter might get, but how's the neighbor situation? Has it gotten any better? I live on the top floor now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and okay. so I am, I am the neighbor I now. See. I no longer do I have someone above me. Uh, as the bane of my existence. I'm top floor, baby, so no more problems. <laughs> if you followed okay, Sarah's wait, wait. Twitter, Gordon, you'd know that she had the world's, like a like a troop of tap dancers lived above Sarah for a while. A professional yeah, bowler I was, was yeah, practicing. Right. I, was, I was posting videos because I, I thought that people wouldn't believe me. They're like, oh, you got a noisy neighbor. Calm down. And then I would post videos of just sitting on my couch and what it sounded like in my living room. And people were like, what are they doing up there? That's insane. I was like, yeah, I know. It is insane. Like the uh, like the commercial, you had a clogging problem, did you, up there? People uh, dancing around? Oh, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. like that. I think that every time people think about me and my living situation, that's the image that comes to their minds now. <laughs> I, felt, I felt terribly for you because I think we've all been there, right? So mm-hmm. are you going to do that now to your neighbor? Are you going to start making noise, pounding the floor and doing all that? I'm an excellent neighbor. No one has ever <laughs> been happier to live under someone than they have me. <laughs> I've just started a new hobby in metallurgy. That's the, that's the banging that you hear coming from above. Uh, well, Sarah, I know we tell you this every time you come on with us, but we're big fans of your work. Thank you very much for joining us, and keep up that good work. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm a big fan of yours, too. Thanks, Sarah. We appreciate you. Ethan uh, Gordon? Well, let's let's just pretend like that was just you and me, Austin. Let's, 
No, Sarah's great. Sarah Todd, she covers the jazz for the Deseret News. Mentioned uh, a follower on Twitter. Gordon, I believe you do as well. But uh, her uh, her uh, Twitter handle, at NBA Sarah. Give her a follow. And, of course, you can read her work at DeseretNews.com. And as you mentioned, she was highlighted in that Rudy special. I mean, she played a, as, uh, I think, as major a role in that as anybody other than Rudy himself, didn't she? Yeah, well... Um, you know, the media kind of, you, we've heard all the stories and Sarah told her, you know, told part of her story there jumping on with us, but the, the, you know, the people that cover the team, David talks about this bowler too, you know, they kind of got brought under the team's umbrella in a couple of ways. You heard Sarah mention they, they flew back with the team. I mean, it just was one of those unique situations where, I mean, obviously nobody had been in it before or gone through it before. And I, I would guess there was a lot of anxiety. Uh, surrounding uh, everybody involved. I, I know well, I, it certainly would be if it were me. Yeah, well, it extended to us. Yeah. You know, just being being where we were, watching it unfold was was intense. It was, it was yeah, and, uh, that's something that will stay with us for a long time, I think, just that whole experience of waiting for the team to take the floor, and then all of a sudden <laughs> – they're off the floor, and, and we got to figure out what's going on. Well, her talking about her, her mom there, too, which I think that is something that uh, all of us can identify with, right? And sure. Maybe not quite that extreme in that circumstance, but didn't we all have those thoughts go through our mind of our, our loved ones and vulnerability and, uh, you know, to see them, not to see what, what's appropriate? I mean, we all experience something like that, maybe not as immediate and as extreme as, as Sarah described right there, but... I think that's something that everybody can kind of identify with over the last year. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, big thanks to her for jumping on with us. We'll get that uh, in podcast form available for you. Uh, we'll get to drop of the day coming up right around the corner. We've got Austin's list at 550. It's a busy Tuesday on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.